Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I want to begin uh, by going to the Gospel of John chapter 12 this morning. John chapter 12. John, the 12th chapter, and uh, we are going to read a couple verses there. We may, we're probably going to look at some other verses today, uh, but that's okay. We, we got our Bibles, right, or our iPhones or whatever you got, your iPad, and, I don't know, your watch. <laughs> whatever. It just seems weird to me, you know. To, I, I, still, I still like the paper one, you know. Everybody's different, but I like to have something in my hand. Even books, you know, I, I, I've got books loaded on my iPad, but... I don't know, I just can't seem to concentrate. I just gotta, maybe it's because I'm old. <laughs> maybe that's it. I don't know. But, uh, but anyway, however form you got your Bible in, go to John chapter 12 this morning. Praise God. What'd you say? I'm not old. There you go. I'm not old. Uh, praise the Lord. All right, John chapter 12, go to verse 24. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn or a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die... It abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Everybody say much fruit. fruit. He that loves his life shall lose it, and he that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. Now, Wednesday night, you know, I preached a message and I said, I'm not, I was going to do a series, and I said, No, I'm not, because it was so direct. And Phyllis said, what was it you told me? I said, I felt, I felt like I beat you guys up. She said, you didn't beat us up, you growed us up or something. You gave us a workout. Anyway, <laughs> because of the subject matter, uh, Wednesday night we talked about the dangers, or no, excuse me, the destructive power of selfishness. How if you get selfish, it'll destroy your life. And the fact that there's more of it in us than what we even realize at times. Until... Until the spotlight gets exposed, you don't really, you know, notice it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if things are in the dark, you don't see it as well. Or, you, you know, you get to where you wear, you wear reading glasses or you wear glasses, you don't notice some of the dirt around the house until you put your glasses on. Right? And so, uh, when the Word shows up, I mean, it starts exposing things, doesn't it? And so we just preached on the dangers. We talked about how God, you know, probably uh, one of the greater anointed, one of them, uh, deliverers that Israel had was a man by the name of Samson. I mean, he was mildly anointed of God. But yet, I was reading through the book of Judges one day, and just it just caught my attention about Samson. You know, God raised up Samson to deliver Israel from the Philistines. That was his calling. And he anointed him. I mean, this guy, one guy, at one time he killed 300 Philistines by himself, and one time he killed 1,000 by himself. That's, that's an awesome guy, wouldn't you say? I mean, you know, uh, we, we have a, a security team, but if we have Samson, we, we don't need a team. We just need one guy because he take care of everybody that would. But you see what I'm talking about. My point is this, is that I was reading through there one day and it, it dawned on me. I, re, I, I, I noticed every time 
that Samson had a run-in with the Philistines or he did anything to the Philistines, it was always because they did something to him. It had nothing to do with the nation. All, all Samson was concerned about was his flesh. Amen. He slept with prostitutes. He did things he shouldn't do. All he cared about was his flesh. And one day, the Spirit of God left him. And he was taken captive by the Philistines, and his eyes were put out, and he was put in a prison house. And, I, and, and as I was reading through it, I thought, you know, this guy, was, he was an anointed guy. He had a calling on his life, but he was really selfish. He was a selfish guy, and selfishness cost him. Amen. Thank you for that rousing amen. Praise God. I know this isn't like your funnest message in the world, but today we're going we're gonna to flip it a little bit, okay? Uh, we talked about the dis destructive power of selfishness. Today we're going to talk about the blessing of unselfishness. So we're going to come from a little bit more positive side, but we've still got to get rid of selfishness, right? So, so Jesus said, now notice this, verse 24, he said, uh, verily, verily. I mean, when he says verily, verily, or truly, truly, or most assuredly, I mean, he's emphasizing it. I say unto you, except a, a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Now, he went on to say, he that loves his life uh, will lose it. In other words, if all you're concerned about in life is yourself, you're not going to have much in life. Not of substance. But he said, if you lose your life, or he that, uh, it went on to say, he that hates his life and this world shall keep it unto eternal life. Now, what, what does he mean by hate? Well, when you, when you look up that word hate, it means this, and it's, this will help you understand this, because at one place he says, unless you hate your father, your mother, etc., you can't be my disciple. Well, he doesn't mean like hate, like we think hate. The word hate there means to love less. In other words, there's nothing more important in our lives than the Lord. And, now listen, and he's saying here to us that we have to, we have to love our life less than we do anything else. And if you do that, see, unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, you know, when that, when that, whatever seed you plant, it dies to itself as being a seed so it can produce life. It has to die to itself, you know. And we're talking about dying to self. Let me explain that. We're talking about dying to what we want, right? And so what we desire. But, if, but Jesus said, if you do that, if you live your life dead to yourself, which none of us are there yet, He said, but if you get there, you will bring forth much fruit. So that tells me we can have different levels of fruit that comes forth in our life. I was watching a movie. Um, one, uh, one, one, one night, and uh, this guy... Uh, <laughs> This guy had some uh, friends, if you want to call them that, kind of enemies, and he died, you know. And so uh, they, the, he had some money that all of his friends, quote, enemies, wanted. And so he died, and he's 
laying in the casket in the church, and one of his friends comes in there walking in, and one sticks a mirror up to his nose to make sure he's not just playing dead. They want to know where the money's at, you know. But another one comes in there, and I, I like this because it, 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 the people that saw it jumped, you know. He walks in there, and he pulls out a pen out of his pocket and pokes him. And, you know, that guy didn't even respond. He's dead. Did you know you can walk up to a dead person and call them every name in the book, and they never respond? Why? Because they are dead to self. And that is exactly what Jesus is talking about when he says, you hate your life. you got to die to yourself. Well, I don't have to have my way any longer. All right, praise God. This is going well as it did Wednesday night. But, <laughs> but it's just, you know, because and maybe because, you know, we, we're thinking about, well, you know, I'm not very selfish. But the truth of the matter is when, the, when, when you face life situations, you find out how dead you are. You can talk about, you know, hey, I want to tell you what, I am, a, I am a love creature from a love God. And somebody back into your brand new pickup truck in Walmart parking lot, we'll find out how much of a love creature you are from a love God. Because you don't know where you're at till your faith gets put to the test. Amen? We can talk about and we can... I'm trying to use a big word, but I better not. It might not mean what I think it means. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I was going to use the word bloviate, but anyway. I should ask Pastor Jerry. He knows all these big words. He taught me plethora and stuff like that. But anyway. But here's the point. You can, you can brag about where you're at, right? And it's easy to do that sitting in church around people that love you. Right? You're amongst friends right now. You're amongst people that love you. But out there, they don't all care about your Christianity. They don't care about how many Bible verses you know or the fact that you haven't missed Sunday school in 10 years. They don't care. They're going to be rude, belligerent, nasty, and mean. And if, you, and if your faith doesn't work outside, then it's not where it needs to be. It has to work not only in here, but out there. Anybody can make a good confession in here. But it's when you get out there and you face life and you face circumstances, that is exactly what your faith is for. The Bible says our faith, 1 John 5, 4, overcomes the world. So we have to know that this isn't just church stuff. That, you know, that, that, this, it's easy to get along with people in here. I, I've never had a, a problem getting along with church people. I just have because most of them are good. There's a few that could still use a little help, but... All of us still in our lives, we have levels of selfishness that God would like for us to get out of us. Amen? You know, I'm convinced the reason why people fight the message of tithing is because they're selfish. Why would anybody fight giving to God? I, I don't get it. You know, when I got saved, uh, I learned about tithing two weeks after I was saved. And my, my thought was, after all Jesus Christ has done for me, what's 10%? of my finances. If he wants it all, he can have it all. But if you will lay your life down, God will take you places in life that you can't get on your own. And God will call you sometimes to do things that your flesh doesn't necessarily want to do. But if, you, if you'll lay your flesh down and you'll do what, what God is calling you to do or telling you to do, he will bless you abundantly for doing it. 
I remember when, Phil, when, when the Lord called Phyllis and I to start this church, it took everything we had. We had to leave, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing a sad song here, but we, 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 had to, we had to leave everything behind. We had to leave our finances behind. We had to leave our, our friends behind. We had to leave, uh, we had to leave you know, our house behind. We had to leave everything behind. And I remember those, those days. I have an evangelist friend. He said, I remember the days when, he said, in my ministry, we called them the skinny days. I was skinny. The wife was skinny. The dog was skinny. Everything was skinny. My wallet was skinny. Well, we were in those skinny days. And, you know, I remember one Sunday after service. And I look back on this, and now it's hard for me to imagine we were ever there. Because God's blessed us so much. It's, it's hard for me to believe we ever were, we were ever even there. But I remember one Sunday after service, you know, we, we wanted to go out to eat, but we didn't have the money to go out to eat. And that was before inflation. <laughs> I'll stop there. Anyway, and I remember, I remember us leaving church. I was like, well, I guess we'll have to go home to eat because we don't have any money to go out and eat on, you know, we just, we just don't. We were, that was where we were at, you know. And I remember saying to Phyllis, I said, well, there's this couple in our church, and they still come here today. And I said, every time we're in a restaurant, if they ever see us in there, they buy our dinner. And we didn't even know sometimes they were doing it. They would just, the waitress would just say, well, somebody bought your, you know, your lunch today. And we're thinking, well, they must be in here somewhere. So I told her, I said, we'll just drive around and we see where they're eating at. <laughs> and we'll go in there, you know. But I, but I said that because I want, I want to make a point. We did not do that. We went home. <laughs> yeah, we went home and ate whatever it was. But I, I said that for a point because I watched that couple over the years and I watched how God just started, I mean, not just, just started increasing them and get more and more blessed. But he did the same for us. He just started bringing us up. and bringing us up Because we chose, we chose, we're not going to do what we want to do. We're going to do what God wants us to do. Amen. 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 We're not serving ourselves. We're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, you got to, like Jesus said, you have to die uh, to what you want. You have to die. You have to lay your life down. It didn't, it, did you know life's not about you? Are you with me now? We love you. Do you know that? Pastor Jerry knows we do because I feed him. We, we love you. We love you. But listen now, here's the thing. When you pass on, God forbid, but when you pass on, this world's not stopping. We're not stopping. We'll, we'll no more have you in the clay until we're going to go eat chicken. Well, I'm sorry if that offends you, but it, I've just been through this for years. That's what we do. We put them in the ground and let's, let's go eat some chicken. What's that tell you? We didn't stop. Some of you are like really quiet right now. Like, I can't believe you said that, Pastor. I mean, I thought, man, I thought you were going to like weep over the altar for 40 days and 40 nights. No, you're valuable to us. You're important to us. But the point is, see, you can value yourself too much. 
Amen. What about the person who thinks they're always right? Why, why is it so quiet? Why is it quiet? Why, why? You know, these things, now listen, these things destroy marriages. They destroy churches. I've been in there where church fights because I, I didn't get my way. I wanted my way. I wanted, you know, you know, I wanted the walls painted green. Well, we don't like your stinking green. All right? You shouldn't get offended about that. Go paint your walls green. See, some of you don't, some of, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Some people, don't, why can't people like, why can't people be different than you and you not get offended? We, we, we don't want to be rude, have me know that. But, you know, if somebody's got, you know, like for instance, somebody may hate this tie. You may say, that, I wouldn't wear that tie to anywhere. You know what? I'm not offended by that. It's not your tie. You have a right to dislike my tie. And me not get offended. Unless I'm living for myself and I think I'm perfect. Are you right? Yeah, I mean, if somebody, do you like my tie, Pastor? If you like it, it's great. Because you have to wear it. All right, praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Go to Philippians chapter 2. It, you know, really, you know, the, the thing of it is, is that we have to learn life, it's not all about us. Marriage isn't about you. Church isn't about you. We love you. You're part of it. You're a vital part of it. But, but it's not just about you. We, we didn't come together just to make sure that we did everything and every song and, you know, preached every message and took up the offering just the way you liked it. How many know none that, when it comes to the house of God, how many know one of the things that's hurt the church and its power is we've tried to please people? Really, that's, that's been one of the problems, see. We've tried to please people. Well, this is what people want. How many know this isn't people's house? This is God's house. Right? I, uh, my wife does not decorate our house for what people like. Miss Kay said it looks good. Well, amen. But she doesn't do it. I mean, you shouldn't, you shouldn't say, you shouldn't. I mean, what's with me if I come over to your house and I say, you know, hey, we're moving the couch and we're putting a TV over there because I don't like the way it is. I mean, it's not, it's not my house, right? It's not my house. Yeah, some of you say paint it while you're at it. But, but have me understand, this is God's house. And yet church growth tells you and, uh, you know, you do this the way people want it because, you know, that, that attracts people. Well, we're not, we're, not, we're not trying to repel people, but I'd rather attract the Lord than I would people. Now, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, this is, it's not, that's not about what we want. It's about what the Lord wants. Amen. I mean, you know, we have, to, we have to realize it isn't about us. It's about Him. It's His house. Life isn't about us. It's about us being a blessing to other people. Now look at Philippians chapter 2. Go there. Philippians chapter 2. And I'm going to read a few verses here. This is about the Lord Jesus. It says in verse 3, it says, Let nothing be done through strife. Now the word strife in the King James also means like self-seeking or getting your own way. Or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. You know, you got to work at that, don't you? We always think, well, I know how to do it better. 
You might, but then again, you're not, you might not, right? I mean, what if someone comes up to you and says, you know what, I'm a lot better than you are. What's your first reaction? You should just be like the Bible says, yeah, you probably are. Okay, praise the Lord. I'm just reading you scripture, that's all. He says, look not, verse 4, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So don't just look out for your own, your own way, but look out, look out for others. Amen? You know what I'm saying. Amen. Remember Pastor Michael when he was here? Pastor Mike, man, that was fantastic teaching he did. Uh, Michael Nicholson, he talked about the carts out in the parking lot, right? Right? See? Why do people leave their carts out of the corral? You, you want to know the reason? They're selfish. Well, you're, you're, you're insulting me today. Well, we're just, we're, turn the cat around. Hey, cat, don't leave, turn around. You may be rubbed the wrong way, but why? Because we might have to walk 12 more feet to put that card away. So we're going to leave it out there so that it can, so it can get blown by the wind and bang into somebody's vehicle. Now, what did, what did Pastor Michael say they were? Didn't he call them like stupid, lazy people? And then the Lord got on to him and said, don't call them that. How I many know we should, we, should, we, should, we should think about other people, right? Yeah. Amen? I mean, I go to the grocery store and I'll see things, I'll I'll things like somebody got something out of the refrigerator part and stuck it in with the bread instead of walking a few feet to put the thing back. That's a selfish person that needs to grow up. You convict me. Well, praise God. That's, my, that, that's what I'm trying to do by the word. Amen. We all got to grow up, right? He said, so look, verse 4, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Now look this, let this mind be in you. This is the mind we're, have, we're supposed to have, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In other words, you know, Jesus knew who he was, right? He knew he was God. But he made himself, verse 7, of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also highly exalted him and has given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. So we see that Jesus was a servant. And the Bible said, let this mind be in you. Amen. So what does this mean? Well, it just means this. It means that, you know, servanthood is the key to getting promoted. See, it says because of Jesus did this, God highly exalted him. So if we want to see the Bible, it tells us plainly. And Jesus said, he said, he said, uh, everybody that, that exalts himself will be abased. But he that abases himself or humbles himself will be exalted. So, so the key, one guy said it like this, I like this. He said the, 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 the up button in God's elevator is the down button. If you want to go up in God's elevator, you push the down button. Amen. It's, it's the key. Uh, 
In other words, see, Jesus, this, this is just telling us, I like to think of it this way. Jesus paid for first class, but he didn't ride in first class. Amen. I mean, he, 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 he was first class. How many know that? Right? But he, he didn't ride in first class. I mean, first class, you got a little bit more privileges up there, right? I mean, that's expensive. I know, you know, a couple years ago, three years ago, when it was, last time I went to Uganda, and, and uh, well, the last time I actually went and got in the country, the last time I tried to go, I didn't get in the country for different reasons. But anyway, you know, I, uh, I, I remember I thought, man, this is a long flight. I mean, I'm going to be traveling for about 30 hours here. So I thought to myself, I thought, you know what? If it costs me $1,500, if it costs $2,000, I'm going I'm to up to a first class. I'm going to do it because it's, it's going to be worth it for, an, uh, you know, you got a 10-hour leg and then an 11-hour leg of a trip. And you got to do that on the way back. You know, if you go, how many know you got to do the same thing? How many know the way you got some places the way you come back? And so I thought, this is going to be worth it, you know? And so I, you know, I, I got, you know, checked on it and it went from my ticket in those days, it's a little higher now, but it's only $1,500. And it went from $1,500 to 18000 You're waiting to see if I bought the ticket. Actually, waiting to see if you bought the ticket. No, I didn't buy the ticket. I thought, okay, for, I'll ride in coach. But how many Jesus was first class all the way? Amen. But he chose to ride back in coach with us. Right? And because of that, God highly exalted him. And he suffered more than I did. I suffered on my trip, believe me. I got stuck in the middle aisle with, there was a big plane, three, five, three. One trip, I got stuck in the middle and five overnight. It was suffering. <laughs> but nothing like what Jesus did for us, right? So he paid for first class, but he rode in coach. And God said, I'm going to highly exalt you for that. Same thing's true. You know, when we're born again, how many know when we're born again, we're, we're sons and daughters of God, right. right? But Paul, he used a word, and it's a really cool word. He, in, in his epistles, he would, like in Romans, he said, Paul, the servant of God. That's the way your, your Bible reads unless you, you know, your, your translation upgrades that. But that word servant is the word bond servant. It's not a normal servant. It's someone that has been made free and has chosen to stay a servant. They made the choice. They don't have to be, but they've chosen to. And Israel had law. So, you know, if you fell into servitude, you had to be a servant because of debt, and you had to be in there for like so many years. After so many years, uh, you were set free. But if you decided you wanted to stay, you could choose to be what was called a bondservant. In other words, you, if you said, I love my master, I don't want to go free, you could choose to be a servant. And this is exactly when Christ set us free, brothers and sisters, he set us free. He made us sons and daughters of the Most High God. He gave us joint uh, heirship with Jesus Christ. He seated us at his own right hand in heavenly places. Now, we have to choose that we're going to serve Him. In privilege and, and you know, position, we're sons and daughters. But our attitude is, I'm going to serve you. Paul said, I'm going to be a bondservant to you. 
I'm going to serve you. Amen. All the days of my life, I'm going to serve you. That was Jesus' attitude. We, we sometimes read the scripture, you know, in Acts 10, 38. It's really one of, one, of, one, of, one, of my, one of my favorite scriptures, along with any, where it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. A lot of times we focus on that, and nothing wrong with that, about he healed all that were oppressed of the devil. But did you know he went about doing good? I said he went about doing good. That word good means philanthropic or a philanthropist. In other words, we know what a philanthropist is. It's somebody that gives their money away to help bless people. Jesus did that. He went about doing good. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Now listen now. Because I want to talk about this just for a little bit before we close out here today. I want to talk about this fact about we need to, we need to have the same mindset, the same attitude. That I'm not here to get served. I'm here to serve. Right? right? What if everybody approached life that way? Wouldn't it change it? It'd change things, wouldn't it? You see, the, look at Acts chapter 13. Go there. I, want to, I think there's a couple verses there I want to read. Acts 13. Go there if you would. Acts 13. We're talking about the blessing of unselfishness. Your life is never going to be rich like it should be until you get rid of selfishness. You have to, you have to purge that out of your life. You know, uh, you, you can't have this, I got to get my way all the time. In Acts chapter 13, and um, we'll look at verse 36, it says... Uh, Acts 13, 36, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, he fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. Now notice it says that David, he served his own generation. He served them. How many know we're living in a serve me generation? Brother Hagin used to say this, and it's so accurate, it's so true. He said, you have to be watchful. Because what's in the world will get in the church if you don't stop it. Right? So as pastors, we kind of have to be watchmen on the wall, and we have to watch what's going on a little bit in the world so that we can make sure we preach the Word to combat that in the church. And we live in a serve-me generation. What am I going to get? We got politicians that promise the moon and can't deliver a box of Cracker Jacks. And they know they can't when they promise it. But it's all about me. What are you going to give me? Right? I know this isn't like jump up and down, shout, comfortable preaching, but we got to watch it doesn't get into the church because the church, God's kingdom isn't about us, it's about Him. And in the midst of it, he blesses us abundantly because he's our father. But don't ever get the idea it's about us, right? Look in your Bible, how many went on before us and the kingdom kept going? I mean, Moses left. How many kept going? Right? Apostle Paul, he left. It kept going, right? So no matter, you know, no matter how valuable we are to God, we can't be valuable to ourselves in that sense that we think that, 
you know, we're God's gift to people. So we... <laughs> So we have, to, we, have to, we have to watch that this doesn't get in us. Paul said in the last days, perilous times will come because of the way people will be. And the first thing he said was people will be lovers of themselves. Boy, we're there today. It's like, I want my way, I want my right, I don't care who it steps on, I don't care what it destroys, I'm going to have my way, I'm going to have my way. But that's, that can't get in the church, amen? That can't get into us. Amen. So we have, to, we have to watch it. Jesus said that he came not to, to serve, but to be a servant. See, listen to this. Listen, it's just some facts. Just something about being a servant is talked about over 855 times in your Bible. Did y'all hear that? 855 times in your Bible. It's talked about 144 times in your New Testament. Amen. So we, we see servanthood, listen now, servanthood will set you apart from the crowd, right? L- l- listen, think about, think about, I don't know whether you've noticed or not, but customer service in the United States has gone out the door. It's like, where's it at? But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, companies that still serve you, uh, they're going to do well. Amen. Anybody ever go to Chick-fil-A at noon? A lot of people there, aren't there? I remember going there one time. I was in a hurry, you know. And it was around noon, and I thought, man, I'm hungry for some Chick-fil-A. You know, and I thought, so I pulled in the drive. And once you get in the drive, you're sucked in. You can't get out. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, there's no way to get out. There's too many people. There's too many cars. I'm like, and I got in and I thought, oh my gosh, what did I do this for? I need to get, I've got places to be. I can't be sitting here. You know, they had me out in less than 10 minutes or so. You ever notice how they serve? My pleasure. Now, here's your fries. It's my pleasure, right? Isn't that right? You ever notice they got all kinds of business? We were driving by one here yesterday on the west side. And Phyllis said, they don't even have to put their name on the sign. Oh, you just put that chicken head up there. Everybody recognizes it. Yeah. Well, what, what's, what's happening here? Well, see, what happened here is, see, service and customer service in America is just, it's, and these companies, now I've watched this over the years because there's been, and I could name some of these companies, and some of you are a little older, you remember being around and they were big time in our day. But they just, their service started falling off, and it's like, you know, they, and then they started falling off. When's the last time you've been to Kmart? When's the last time you've been to 3D? Anybody old enough remember 3D? It was like Walmart in the day. It was big stuff. Yeah. And don't you, th- now listen now, all you got stock in Walmart, don't you think Walmart can't fall too? And they're, they better pick their service back up or somebody else is going to come along and serve people and they're going to get exalted. feel that holy hush like I stepped on sacred ground. I mean, in this church, you can't say anything bad about Walmart or Los Bravos or everybody's offended. But, you know, you got to have service. Have me know that. 
Right? I'm not just being funny. It's the truth. As the service begins to go down and you, you begin to you forget that you're there to serve people. There was a guy here, and I don't ever do this, but there was a guy here in town. He opens a new business. It's been around for a while. We'll leave it unnamed, but it, it, it was a fantastic idea. Um, it really was a fantastic idea. Now there's, there's, there's a few of them here in, in, in Evansville. They're now in other uh, locations and places. But I remember going into the one, uh, well, once again, I better keep my mouth shut. But I remember going into one, and, and that every time you would walk in there, the employees would look at you like, what are you doing here? The food was fantastic, Pastor Chuck. It was good stuff. And so I, I don't do this. I don't complain. I don't say anything. But I thought, now, wait a minute here. This guy started this business, and it hadn't been going real long at the time. And I thought, he has got a fantastic idea. This is going somewhere. But he's not going somewhere with people like that. They're going to ruin it for him. So I, I emailed him. And I don't do this. I don't complain. Honestly, I, I'm not one of these that, you know, every time, you know, Somebody gets something wrong, I say, I, 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 man, one time I ordered quail and gut fish, and I ate it. You know, there's a difference. One swims, one flies. I'm like, it's no big deal. I'll eat it. You know, the waitress is upset. Oh, my gosh. I'm not, it's, it's not a big deal. Just chill. I'll eat, you know, I eat, I'll eat it. Just, you know, if it had parents, bring it. I'll eat it. No problem. So that, that's just me. I, I, I don't, and my wife can verify. She's in front. I don't complain about stuff like that. You know, I just don't, I don't give people grief. But I just thought to myself, this, guy's, this guy has a brilliant idea here for food. You know, he, he, he doesn't need us. So I, 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 I sent him an email. I said, I just think y'all know. I said, I don't complain. I said, but listen, man, you got a great idea. This is going somewhere. I said, but your employees over on this one store, I don't know about all the stores, but this one store, every time I walk in there, they act like, what in the world are you doing here? And they're rude. They're mean. And, you know, I just think you ought to know. He emailed me back. He said, thanks for telling me. And he sent me some, you know, gift cards to go back there. <laughs> I did go back there. And you know what I know? As soon as I stepped in that door, hello, how you doing? Everybody's friendly and nice. And they've been friendly and nice ever since. I, I don't even know if they were the same people. I don't think they were. I didn't mean to get them fired, but I didn't want them blowing his business either. So I thought, he, he, he probably doesn't know this, and I'm just going to tell him, you know. Well, why? Because service matters. Yes. Service matters. Yes. Amen. Yes. And so it's the same way in the kingdom of God. Service matters. Amen. It matters to God. Amen. Yes. Now, so, so, so you see this. Companies that start, they stop having service, they start going downhill. And you got to remember that, you know, it, it matters in the kingdom. Yeah. Think about, think about this. I'm closing out right here, but think about this. What, what is required, if you're a servant, what is required of you? Think about this. Paul told us, didn't he? He said, he said I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and that you be not conformed to this world, but that you renew your minds, that you may know what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. Think about that. Now think about it. Think about it. If you are a servant, if you were a servant, you know, we don't know much about this today, but you go back a number of years and, you know, people understood this. If you were a servant, guess what? You, you were supposed to present your body to do what your master said. 
service didn't just say, you know, just don't feel up to par today. I don't think I'm going to show up in the field. I mean, that didn't happen. And how I many know you didn't tell your master how you thought it ought to be done? You renewed your mind to what he said. You did it his way. This is what's required of us in the kingdom is we give our body to God. I don't care whether my body wants to go to church or not. You're going because God said go. Right? I don't care if you don't want to do this. You're going to do it because the Bible says do it. I don't care what you think about it. I'm going to find out what God said about it. Amen. I mean, I've had my good ideas. How many, how many had your own good ideas? And it seemed like God just ignores them. <laughs> yeah, I got an idea, God. Well, I mean, all that He doesn't need our ideas. Amen. So, 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 so we just, we just gotta, we gotta, we gotta do the same thing. I, I want to tell you a story, and, I'll, and you can go ahead and close your Bibles. I want to tell you a story, an Old Testament story. But, I, but it's, it's a true story, and I want you to think about it. There were two people in the Old Testament. One's name was Abraham, one's name was Lot. Remember them? Yeah. All right. Lot was Abraham's nephew. Abraham, now listen to this. Abraham is Lot's uh, elder. Naturally and spiritually, he has... An anointing on his life that's stronger than Lot's. He's got a calling on his life that's stronger than Lot's. And yet, we find that they, you know, he, he went with Abraham. When Abraham left Ur of Chaldees, Lot went with him. And when they got into the land of Canaan, uh, God began to prosper them and bless them. And their herds got so big that one day their, uh, their workers got in strife with one another over the, over the, the land. And Abraham said to Lot, he said, hey, he said, let there be no strife between me and you. We're brethren. We're not going to have strife here. All right. You, you choose what land you want and you go your way and I'll take what you leave. Did you know that Lot should have immediately said, no way, that's not happening. He should have done one of two things. He should have said, Abraham... I'll go find my guys that got in strife with your guys and they're all fired. We're not having it. And if he wasn't going to do that, what he should have said is, no, sir, you choose what land you want, I'll take what's left. Isn't that the God way? I mean, just in the natural, that's the smart way. Here's a guy, he's he's, he's got the covenant with God, he's got the anointing on his life, right? He's your elder. You should have immediately deferred to him and said, you take what you want. I'm not. But the Bible says, now listen to the way the Bible says it, because it's important. The Bible says, Lot chose for himself all that land of Sodom and Gomorrah, because it was well watered, the best looking ground. But then there's a little caveat, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot's selfish choice. Listen to this now. It cost him to lose everything he had twice. Twice. One time, five kings invaded Sodom and Gomorrah, took Lot and everything they had. Abraham had to go get him back. The next time, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, and Lot lost his wife, 
He lost some of his daughters, his sons-in-laws. He lost everything he had. When he left Sodom and Gomorrah, remember, he was very rich when he was with Abraham. When he left Sodom and Gomorrah, there wasn't any taking of any cattle, anything he had. He went with his two daughters and left. And he ended up with the most dysfunctional family we've ever seen. He lost everything. One selfish decision cost him everything. If he would have just said to Abraham, you take what you want, then he left over, I'll take it. His life would have been much different because there's blessing and selflessness. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, did you get anything at all? Did you get challenged in any way at all? He said, no, I didn't need challenges, Pastor. I, I'm already there. We have a special class for you after service in the youth room. Because I, I, I know, <laughs> I, I, I catch myself and I, I'll think that was selfish. You're just thinking of yourself. Amen. Remember, I, I like to use this. You don't guys don't like this analogy, but I like to use it. You know, you're, you're at the restaurant, you're sitting at the table, you know. And uh, the waitress comes with the check. She lays it in, in the, the middle of the table. And you look to the person that's there with you. You say, now who is that back there? And they look behind to see who it is. And all of a sudden you shove the check over there on their side. You still need help. Right? When you, when you get a hold of these things and you get a hold of the blessing and how God bless you, you, you be the one that, that you try to get it on your side. Right? We're still working on things, right? I, I realize I still, I still have, to, I still have selfish, selfishness in me. I know it shocks you. You're surprised. You'll, you, know, you need to go into deep intercession for me. But I still have it, and I still realize it. I realize that was selfish. I've got to get rid of that. I'm thinking about me first here. And that's not what the Bible teaches. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.